This is Pete Moore. I'm here on Halo Talks NYC on location in San Diego with Dana Milky, someone I've known for a long time from the fitness industry, who is the CEO of InTouch Technology. This industry is a lot about understanding and honing your sales and marketing and your lead CRM. InTouch is a leader in the space, and we look forward to talking to Dana and uh, finding out what makes uh, InTouch different and essential and how you got, uh, got to where you are today. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Peter. I appreciate you guys having me. So now uh, you and I uh, met back back in the day as a, when you were a Gold's Gym franchisee, and I was at the uh, private equity firm that owned Gold's Gym before uh, people uh, focused on the fitness industry as an investment opportunity, and, and technology was basically something that was um, uh, hopefully viewed as like a fad and something that you didn't have to deploy right. in the industry where now it's, a, it's essential. So maybe take us through your personal background to educate people on the fact that you've been on the front lines, so you're not coming into the sector basically saying, here's a here's a great idea and a software, but this is you know how, how you need to run your operation. Yeah, so like you mentioned, I was with uh, Gold's Gym Franchise Group in Seattle. We um, had three gyms, and it was on the east side of Seattle. And so I, was, I basically ran the operations for the partnership group that owned it. Um, so, you know, that, that was really my first actual exposure to InTouch because... I'd come kind of from outside the industry where CRMs and sales processes were a little bit more robust and developed and there were, you know, tools and technology kind of already in place. And when I came in, everyone was writing, was writing information on pink slips or post-it notes and you'd walk into sales office, you'd be like, what is this? Did a bomb just go off in here? And how do you know what you're supposed to do? And there wasn't really any discipline to it. So when I found out about InTouch back then, I was like, wow, this is a cool technology. This is what we need. And um, and, and still today, it was 100% focused on health and fitness. So, you know, the lingo about leads and how you talk to them and, the, you know, the information we communicated was all there. So that's kind of where I first got involved in the industry and with InTouch. And then I went over to work for ABC Financial, where I was the senior vice president of client management. And so I was responsible for the portfolio that, that ABC had. And, you know, it, it was smaller back then and continues to grow every day. And so that was a great exposure. And, and I was also responsible there for the partnership program, which InTouch was part of that. And we still are great partners with ABC. So and I've had a long-term exposure to the sales marketing side of things and how important it is in the industry and also how InTouch has been able to play a role in developing and furthering that. So let, let's start with a, a new club, you know, in, in the importance of a pre-sale process and how InTouch is integral to making sure that that's effective and to, you know, what some of the benefits and if it doesn't work, what some of the detriments are of, of a pre-sale process that that goes awry. Well, I mean, I think everybody in the industry, when they set about doing a pre-sale, the obvious thing is I want to get as many people in the, be in, in the beginning, A, to create cash flow. That's hugely important. But also create that enthusiasm in the uh, community, right? Because you're really looking to build that momentum so that when you hit opening day, you're off and running and you already have a, a full gym that is busy and there's people working out and there's nothing better to sell a gym and a great culture with, you know, the floors packed and your people are working out and sweating and people walk in the door and they go, wow. But in order to do that, you've got to follow some really good processes. And I think as an owner um, or as a high-level manager, you've got to control that, right? You, you can't let salespeople run amok and do whatever they want. So you've got to have a process that you believe in that reflects 
your culture and your belief as far as a sales system so that everyone can follow the same thing. And I think having that as a platform is hugely important for your salespeople to really then create relationships, right? So if you do it well, you're going to drive a large pre-sale. If you don't do it well, you're going to create a really negative impact in the community and one that, depending on how negative, you might not recover from. And, and from a standpoint of using the platform and using the processes, what, what are some of the benefits that you've seen where when people understand the data and understand what people are doing from a productivity standpoint, that it allows them to actually not go and just cut price because they, they, they're actually in control of the lead process versus saying, you know, making some knee-jerk reactions that then affect, you know, a domino effect that you can't necessarily change because you lost price. Yeah, I think, I think good reporting is what it comes down to, right? And the ability to create dashboards that mean something, right? That show you the actual, the actual activities around the sales process. So KPIs around how many leads are in, how many tours have you done? And really being first being able to visually see that, right? We have a, a reporting tools called Insights. And so it, it's right there in your face. When you open up reporting, it gives you a dashboard. Um, and then what we've done is really, we call it a mad approach, monitor, analyze, and decide. And basically what that means is we're able then to filter down. So if you see a number, you're like, hmm, that seems curious. Why don't we have more tours? We have a ton of leads. Mm-hmm. You can go into that and you can really look and analyze that. And then that helps you understand where you need to put your uh, energy. Because usually cutting price is not where you want to put your energy. But you need to look at that funnel, that sales funnel, and you need to be able to say, oh, I'm not getting enough leads or I'm not converting enough leads into tours or whatever that is. You can then look at that and say, that's where I need to put my energy. And if you can fix that that issue, then you're going to really be able to create the right approach as opposed to cutting price, which is a short-term fix to any problem. Right. So some of the testimonials that I've seen on the site and some of the clients that, that we've got exposure to, um, you know, raving fans of, of InTouch, how much consultation uh, do you provide along with the software platform and how much direction do you give people related to, you know, look, you're on track, you know, if you're three months out or if you're, you know, in month 12 or 13 of your club, like how, how much of that knowledge and experience are just kind of sprinkled onto the software, whether it's actually in the software or whether it's anecdotal, because I think that's important for people to understand, like, I'm doing okay, because I'm in my, my club every day, I'm in my studio, and I don't really, I can't see outside. Right. So how, how do you kind of, how, do, how does that work with, with InTouch? Well, you know, one of the things that we try to do is, I think it starts in the beginning for us, right? Because what we try to do is we try to match the platform to the processes that they want, as opposed to saying, here's our platform, here's the process you have to follow, you have to change to us. We, we go in in the beginning and say, tell us what you're doing, right? And, and during that, those discussions, we're going to say, hey, you know, you should probably, you know, you're getting a web lead, you need to, you need to respond less than 24 hours, or you need to respond less than 24 seconds. So there are things that we're going to coach them on. But generally speaking, I I feel like if we can create the platform and and that fits what they're doing, it's going to create the comfort level. And then we, then we go through and help them evolve and improve and say, and I, one of the things that we just released um, is a component of our reporting card, SMART Goals. And what SMART Goals does is it takes their actual data and it says, if you want 100 memberships, this is what you have to do based on your data. If you continue to 
perform the way that you're performing, you know, your conversion rates are this, the number of tours you bring, all those things, that means that you're going to have to, you know, back up the funnel. Here's what your KPIs are. And that's been really powerful for our clubs because they, rather than saying, well, I have a hundred, you know, rather than the owner or the executive leader going to the sales manager and saying, I want a hundred, they say, we need a hundred. And here's, so here's how many tours we need. Here's how many contacts we need to be making and et cetera. So we're finding ways through data to continue to improve on that. And I'd, I personally would like to get a lot better as a company in that, in that mm. way. So I think that's huge. That's great. So I think that's a good overview of, of the software and, and, the, and the processes. And it's kind of customized to each individual club and their, their own culture and, and what they're trying to achieve. Uh, if we can kind of switch gears to, from an entrepreneurial standpoint sure. and selling software into the health club sector, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I did this from 2000 to 2003 before there were smartphones and Wi-Fi and no uh, people didn't want to put DSL lines in their health club. So right. it, it, was, it was kind of pushing a lot. Uh, I remember I was, basically doing, I was basically doing that in people's living rooms on their 2088 modem, you know, with the digital camera and right. leads were like something they printed out uh, from, their, from their home computer and brought them into the club and were excited to call people. So from a standpoint of, you know, where the industry is now, and their desire to get more technology and get more data and get more reporting. Do you feel like we finally, you know, at a tipping point, do you still think that, um, you know, things are a no brainer, but they're just they're not necessarily happening is, you know, how do you look at it from, if they're not using InTouch and they're not using something else, they're not, they're probably not gonna be successful is kind of right. how, how I view it. But do you feel like we're finally at a place where people say, you know what, I have to invest in technology Technology is an essential component of my business model, and uh, it doesn't cost that much because I know what the return is if I do it well. You know, I, I don't think we're quite at the tipping point. I will say that over the, I've seen more changes in this area over the last 18 to 24 months than I had seen prior to that, period. So I think that the, the movement is on, but I don't think we're at the tipping point because I think that there's still... I think the larger groups probably have a better grasp of what a tech stack is, what it should look like, how it should, they can leverage it to make their business better. I still think that hasn't seeped all the way through the market or through our industry yet. But so I think there's people now understand that technology can play a huge role. I'm not sure that they know, everybody knows how to leverage technology to make their business better and what the ROI is on technology. And I think that's coming, but we're not quite there yet. So I don't know that we're at the tipping point, but I do think we've made tremendous strides as an industry. Got a long way to go, particularly around data and how we use data and how we you know, parse data out and analyze it. But I certainly think we're much better positioned today than we were just a year, year and a half ago, two years ago. Gotcha. And, and from a standpoint of the different technology partners that are out there, obviously you've got the, the big billing software companies mm -hmm. that, that are doing the merchant processing, you know, such as the ABC, MindBody, you know, say Club Ready, uh, MotionSoft. Do, do you feel like that collaboration and desire to API with anyone who's got material, I mean, is it coming from the, is the customer demanding the API is, are the software companies proactively doing that? Maybe just give us some like insight and in, not, not necessarily direct insight, but just say like, <laughs> When a customer wants something, are they getting it? Is it kind of go on the checklist of like, yo, we're going to get to that next quarter? 
Like most things, I think it depends on who the partner is without naming names. I think it's been driven primarily by the customers. Um, I do think there are, I think there are some laggards in that way. I think the, uh, the idea of an open API and sharing information across platforms, I mean, it's a big push that I have for InTouch because I think that's hugely important. If we think about the customer, right? And I'm going all the way to the member in this case. If we think about the member and then the club, there's no question that sharing that data back and forth is better for our industry. There are partners who are very proactive and, and have a huge belief in that. And then there are partners, I think, that are still trying to figure out where they, where they go with it, some that are still kind of holding things tight. So it's, it's sort of in the middle. They're still transforming. I think for our industry, it's hugely important that we create open APIs and that we're sharing information. And there's some level of standardization where it can be. I think that's going to make our industry more effective in the long run. And from a standpoint of a, a new client coming on board, you know, they, they've got to make lead CRM decisions. They have to make decisions based on their, their reservation booking software, mm -hmm. who's going to collect the cash, you know, all these different components to it. Do you feel that over time there's going to be, you know, more of a, you know, here's a, here's a service offering and here's like our five partners and mm -hmm. like we're going to plug that in as a, as a kit. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me that a lot of these nicher software companies, which are now larger businesses, are really, you know, saying, look, I want to be the best at one piece of this. And then maybe in the future, there, you know, there'll be some more business combinations that kind of yeah. pull that together. Yeah, I think, yes, I, I totally agree with the way you just described it. I think, you know, there's going to be best in class, right? And then, and this is where the open API allows, you know, the ABCs and the MotionSoft and the Jonas's and those folks to do what they do really, really well. And then allows guys like us to do what we do really, really well and start combining. And I think that the more integrations we can create, the more service platforms we can create. I mean, for, for us, as we look forward, you know, I want to I wanna be that content communication and data point for what we call member lifecycle management. So whether it's a lead or a member, that, that piece of it, I think we have some capabilities that we can bring to the marketplace to improve that. But I do think exactly like you just said, Pete, it's, it's going to have to be a combination of service providers to provide the best tech stack for clubs. And a number of your clients are, are, we'll call them more traditional middle market health club chains. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there was, um, in, in some of the urban markets, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, heightened awareness of the studio model. Um, yep. What I've been telling people is, you know, the, the average health club that has 25, 35,000 square feet, like they're not just sitting still saying, okay, you guys do spin. Why don't you take 300 members for spin? <laughs> You guys have a nice Pilates. You know what? I'll give you 200 members there. You know, what, what's your view of operators who've been around for a while, who understand that they've got a big box, they've got childcare, they've got locker rooms, they've got parking. Um, now they have more systems to better understand who these people are. Yep. To do referral programs with not 300 members, but, you know, 6,000 members. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so law of large numbers. Um, so what's your, uh, if people embrace technology, understand the data, react to it, you know, what, what do you think the future is of the middle market health club chain? You know, I think at the end of the day, and I, I was never pessimistic on that market at all. Even, even back when it was struggling with the, you know, the low cost, high volume came in, I still think that market has a lot of strength and always has. I think 
I think the, the operators have to understand who they are and then be true to that, right? And don't chase other models because you're, you know, fearful or whatever. Go in and be who you are. And I think there's a core and a large core of the population still need that. They need, they want one place to go to, to do their workout that they might get in once a week, but then, you know, be able to go to a yoga class and this, you know, go to spin class and kind of do it all in com one combined thing. I think the middle market is going to continue to be strong if they continue to provide the best value for what, for their spend. And I think that's the part that they really have to focus on because whether it's, 29, 39, 59, or 129, people are going to pay based on value. And so if you can drive the best value at that price point, know who your customers are, be able to speak to your customers about what's important to them, I, I see, I think they're still going to have a really good, bright future. So from a standpoint of InTouch and, and what you uh, are looking to execute on over the next couple of years, you know, from a, you know, from a client standpoint, from a partner standpoint, anything you want to, to, to share, uh, some initiatives that you're launching at the show? Yeah, so, so uh, InTouch, as I mentioned earlier, started out about 11 years ago. And so one of the things that we're releasing, which we're really excited about, is our first, I'll, I'll call it major upgrade to follow-up, which is the, the core product that we originally released. It's called Drive now. And we, we, we've done a lot of really important and interesting things in it, but, you know, making it more mobile so that regardless of the device that a salesperson has in their hand, they can have in touch in their hand. So that's really important. We continue to get tighter integrations with uh, our partners. So there's some exciting stuff going on there. Our reporting, particularly with smart goals, is a big thing. We're trying to find ways to continue to give that data that we talked about and give it to owners in a way and managers in a way they can look at it and analyze it. Longer term down the road for us, as I explained, I think we look at what we do as content, communications, and data. And so we want to begin or continue to drive across a broader platform to do that, um, meaning we want to start when someone's a lead and we want to finish when, you know, they, they leave and they're no longer a, a possible uh, member. So mm -hmm. across that member life cycle for us is, is kind of where we're going. We're also releasing a sales presentation module to make it easier for um, salespeople to follow a process, sort of the in-between between getting them to be a lead and them going into the club management software. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing a lot this show. We're super excited about it. And, you know, we see a bright future for us in our industry, and we see a bright future for vendors that kind of focus on what clubs need. And, and that's kind of the approach that we take. Well, you've, you've been around for 11 years, so, you know, I think it's important for people to know that if you want to build a business of value, mm -hmm. things take time. You know, 11 trade shows later, and, you know, <laughs> right. we're, we're finally at a point, we're closer to the tipping point. So, yep. thanks for being on. Um, great success. Uh, continue to uh, watch you guys grow, and uh, look forward to, uh, to, to you guys helping uh, continue to, to make this industry what it should be. Yeah, Pete, thanks. And thanks for bringing this program too, by the way. I think it's really important that we continue to educate ourselves as an industry. We're a long way from being where we need to be. And I think the more we can do this kind of stuff, the better I think it is for our industry and for the entrepreneurs in the industry. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. You got it. So our new tagline is the force behind your growth. So we want to be like that that invisible like it. hand and, and, and you can and the in touch, you know, we'll touch you when you need it and we'll push you to be more successful and the more money comes into the industry, yep. the more clubs we can have, the more people that get results. And then, uh, well, as I was saying in a prior talk,
talk. Um, you know, these healthcare companies can can pay for the prevention instead of trying to race for the right. cure for something and no one's going to get it anymore. So we're yeah. part of a bigger puzzle here. So great to, great to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Thanks. Thanks.